Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick check. Hunter, who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992 the 1994 premiers premiers the 2018 chat of, of where to from here so we might get stuck into that one pretty shortly honey badger 35 here joined by mop joined by keys as well and joined by yourselves in the comment section have your say share the show share the love holy shit boys here we go all right west coast eagles five goals for 34 were defeated by the Sydney Swans, 31 goals, 19, 205. Keys, uh, just before we came on the show, just before we went live, did a little bit of quick maths. Uh, 31, 19, 205, of course, for Sydney. Over our last five games, so if you go back to the start of that Hawthorne game in Tassie, you combine the scores from our last five games, we have scored 215 points. So our last month and a bit of footy, we would have won that game by 10 points if we managed to turn that in. Uh, Pretty shit, mate. Pretty shit effort on the weekend from the Eagles I reckon their keys and uh, for the second time this year probably our most embarrassing loss ever I would say yeah um, there was just moments during that game where you just you just had to shake your head yell at telly there were um, there was some yeah less than stellar efforts through that um, we ran into a Sydney side that probably needed a win and got their tails up and, and then they're away Um to call it down, if if it was um if it was a downhill skilling skiing track, they would have closed <laughs> for how dangerous it was because it was way too steep. Um, they just they got hold of us early. Um, I think the riding was on the wall. The first two centre bounces, Hickey just grabbed the ball straight out of the rack and kicked it forward, and it's like you know here here we go. Um, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And you know we we talked to there was a. Like a brief moment early in the second quarter where it looked like maybe there was a bit of fight. We kicked, you know, Darling got a couple of goals and Kelly got one and you thought, oh, okay, maybe there's not necessarily a comeback, but maybe we can, you know, we can stem the bleeding a little bit. Yeah. Stem the bleeding and maybe fight it out and then, you know, normal, normal broadcasting resumed and we just got wiped. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just one of those ones. I think what is fourth biggest loss in in history or something like that so yep. it's it was just it's, it's just just ugly so um you know there was a couple of guys that fought their way through you know there's probably there might be there might have been maybe four or five guys that you could say um came out with a modicum of we, we, we turn around and say well look they 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 tried i suppose but the rest of it there was just nothing to to take away from from anything and um, and some really, really poor efforts um, from senior players that you know you, you expect much, much better from. Uh, Mop, let's go through. I mean, fuck, why are we even doing positives from the game? But Keys mentioned it. There's a few guys there. You know, I 
Funnily enough, I missed the first quarter. I actually got the second, third, and fourth, so I was very excited by that. But uh, I thought Petch was all right. Maybe a new role off the halfback or a little bit, tried to force feed him the ball a little bit more. He at least took it on a little bit. I thought Hewitt showed a little bit. Didn't come out of that game thinking any worse of him. I mean, fucking hell, beyond that, that's that's pretty much all we had, right? Was I mean, is there anything you can take away from that game at all? Or is it what? What are we up to now? The 10th one where you go, nah, throw it in the bin and move on. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I don't think you can take any positives out of it. You go through the numbers, I think. Jinby got 19, but Shed got 20, and she was anonymous, did nothing, mm. sideways chipping, missing soft shit balls. No, there's not a single positive to come out of that. Maybe we only got got one, well, one injury out of it, but then, you know, since then, we've had two more players go Multiples, down. So yeah. You can't, yeah, you, you can't even say that's a positive. No, that, that was firmly a fold-the-club sort of effort. Just everyone, Shocking. Everyone, everyone get fucked after that. <laughs> It's one of those ones that makes you actually question, like, this shouldn't be possible. How is this possible sort of thing? You know, they... I saw on social media, I think it was a Fox footy something, they were posting the biggest losses that we have on record and it was a lot of country footy, you know, it's some club winning yeah. 600 to zero. And you think, no, nah, hang on, like just over the course, if you take a mark, you can take 30 seconds off the clock. If you take two or three marks in a row, like how do you, how do you allow that to happen? It was one of those games where I'm looking and thinking, how do we allow this to happen? Because there was even a point where in the fourth quarter, we there wasn't any scoring for a good five, six, seven, eight minutes. And you're thinking, you've given up 200 points in near enough for three quarters here on on balance it it beggars belief anyway uh comment from andrew are we going to get updates on the cricket score tonight absolutely not you know the rules hey hey no 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 cricket scores fucking hell cummins (laughs) is bowling uh just just wide off stump and it goes through for one run there you go wow run something happened all right we'll keep you up to date with stuff when uh if things are actually going to happen in the cricket bloody baseball how good migs in the comments g'day migs 600 point country losses might be challenged next week at the gabba of course, we just saw, uh, what, an 80-odd point win for Brisbane at home against a much better side than us in Richmond. So that'll be good. That's exciting. Anyway, let's piss the Sydney game off because what is there to analyse? It was the worst game I've ever seen and the Hawks game was the worst game I'd ever seen prior to that. So get out of five weeks ago. I bet you're you bloody happy we're still here and still doing this. Where to from here, Keys? This is the age-old question on Big Footy. It is the title I would hazard of more threads on Big Footy than any other thread title. Insert club, where to from here? West Coast Eagles, Keys. Where to from here? Because we've made a change or we've announced that we will intend to one day make a change. Uh, Warren Coford has been turfed. He is the strength and conditioning manager has been since, I think, 2008. A good 15-odd years there. Obviously, we've been good in that field under his reign. We've been terrible in that field under his reign. Little bit stiff to try and pin it on one bloke, but when you're the manager and when the availability keys is this bad, the writing is on the wall. I know we've been calling for it. You're not celebrating somebody lose their job, but it's a competitive industry, and and at least this is the start of a change. But, I mean, take us back to that post-Swans email we got from the chairman, and then there's some rumblings. Maybe they'll make a change. Maybe they won't. Warren Coford's the one that gets turfed publicly. So what did you make of the response to the Swans game uh, from the club, Keys? It was... Um, I, I know, you're sort of inclined to say it was a bit wishy-washy. Um, look, Fitzpatrick's not... Um, it, he's not a great public speaker, I don't think. He's sort of a bit less so fair with his... You know, he's, he's pretty laid back, sort of character, what look of him. And the way he speaks is, is sort of pretty relaxed. Um, I don't know... It, it's sort of hard... 
I mean, there's there's two ways they can go, I suppose. It's, they could go the way they, they are. We're saying, look, we know it's bad. This is the circumstances we're in. It's We're shit. Um, but we've got a plan to get out of it, and we're going to we're gonna try and stay with it as best we can. Um, and this is what we're trying to do. Or you could go scorched earth and just go, all right, everybody out. And uh, I think scorched earth probably soul, you know, probably satiates everyone's... Um, you know that sort of bloodlust and like, well, you, you know, you want to see, you want to see, you want to see something done. You, you sort of see that result. You go, well, fucking do something. You know, just I don't care. Do do something. Mm. But there's when you're mid-season, the, the reality is, there's there's really not a lot. There's not a lot you can do. And when you've got um, Tyrell Dewar is named as one of the four emergencies this weekend. He's a guy who's he is he, a cat B rookie. He's very very raw. He would be playing at, at a at, if he. If he wasn't drafted, he'd play playing reserves at his waffle club. But so then, that's, so that that's feeds into at. why we've made the change with S and C, and everybody would understand that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But so I think so. You need so I think there's, there's a lot. There's not a lot we you know, you know we could cat, we could sack Simpson. You know, put in. I don't think anyone else is going to do is going to get any better results or anything like that. Um, you can't make mass changes at the selection table. Um, so yeah, look, I think with Warren Coford. I think I I read somewhere from one of the interviews that that had been decided a little while ago that he wouldn't he wouldn't hmm. finish up. So the timing of that announcement is a little odd in that it sort of makes it look like you know you can sort of say like oh he's the one that's made by the scapegoat, which he's not really. I don't think. Um, when you sort of see some of the comments, there was a few comments saying, oh, that's surprised why you're getting rid of him. I mean, Will Schofield sort of came out with a tweet that was quite strong saying, the you know, what's wrong with Kofi? He's been really good and stuff like that. I think it's really hard from uh, for us from outside the club to know yeah. what what individuals do and, 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 and things like that. So you don't know. Kofi has he's had success at the club. He's sort of... He saw us through, like through the the good Simpsons years. We had we had good availability of players. Mm. Um, you know, Schofield turned around, so he was really good. So it's not it's not like the guy's a complete dud. Um, but the reality is, is when you've got an injury list as long as ours, and we've and it's this this year is not an anomaly. This no. is a continuation of you know two three. You know, you're going back to 2020 where we've you know we've had injury issues. Um, so the fact that a guy from S and C is has been moved on. You can't call that a surprise. That's uh, no. That's and and it's the sort of thing where you turn and turn and go. Well, you know, we have to, there's some changes that are going to have to be made. And when the when the end of the year comes, you're going to expect that there's going to be some more. Um, so but, this, I think, is the point on that there case where you go. Look, let's be honest, and I know Skelly came out in support and a few of the players are saying, or, you know, a few people saying, oh, this is a bit of a scapegoat situation. Whether the decision had already been made or whether they made it on the spot just to satisfy some scorch earth bloodlust, no one I don't think majorly, the majority of people I think understand why the decision has been made. And look, if you're the head of a department that is seen to be underperforming, and we'll caveat all of this, like you said, it's hard to know from the outside exactly who does what and how it all works, but the department's not performing. For whatever reason that is, eventually someone falls on a sword. But I suppose, Mop, I'll bring you in on this one and say, look, you know that I'm a pretty patient person. I'm not a bloodlust, scorch the earth, go for, you know, go for your life sort of guy. But I think there maybe is a middle ground between we're going to stick to the plan and scorched earth because, I mean, Mop, the plan can't have included this fourth worst defeat in AFL history on the back of the Hawks game, on the back of the Crows game before the bye and all this sort of stuff. 
you need it doesn't need to be bloodlust but what we always go back to Mop, with the eagles is you give us a bit of communication then you're going to say we're going to stick to the plan so let's have a bit more clarity as to what that actually entails because we know the general bones we're going to stick to what we're doing we're going to go to the draft adam simpson's got a contract we're going to back him in that's okay if that's what you're doing that's what you're doing but i mean there's got to be more communication and a little bit more clarity for me a bit more of a roadmap for me Mop. i think it's rich of anyone at the club to say yeah you know we're on a journey where we're fixing things you can see we're making changes when irrespective we, we could lose every game by 170 points for the rest of the year and they're going to back Simpson in because financially they have to with the cat well they don't have to they've made the decision that's not fiscally responsible not to yeah, they're likely then, to do it no matter what yes yeah but then the second kind of edge to that is they won't get rid of Nisbet before 2024 now Kofit is a man employed by Trevor Nisbet. Yeah, okay, you can say he's the wrong man and he needs to go, and you know what, he probably does. But to say one strength and conditioning boss on top of the one change they made last year with the Irishman kill something or other, kill, mm. you know who I mean. Kill Gallon. Kill Gallon. Kill Gallon, that's the front. one. Yeah, yeah cool but that's not gonna bring 20 blokes back on the park in a week that's not gonna stop you know six figure losses week in week out the club needs a cultural rebuild it needs to be purged they need to have a smoking ceremony to burn the fuck out of whatever bad spirit they've summoned at mineral resources park (laughs) and they they need to start again they need to culturally reset and unfortunately, Mike, I think I said this earlier when the season tanked. Culturally, having both the Beagles and the main side losing by three mm. figures every week is killing the culture of these young blokes. Now, if I'm Harley Reid and I'm sitting in rural Victoria, I don't want to come to fucking West Coast. Cause the well, there's that element that, of it, yeah. Yeah, because people always say, and you, you know, we have a wonderful kind of history of, of success and retaining our players. But we've never had it this bad before. We've never mm. been this bad for this amount of time. And there's very little prospect of us getting good until the new puzzle pieces are put in play. So we're not going to attract any any non-WA-based A players. So we might get Norton. We might get Tim English because we'll have the cap room. But these aren't dudes you're going to build your list around. They have to come from the draft. And the decisions, you know, Venables was bad luck. Shep retiring before his time was bad luck. But ultimately, it's it's complacency and poor decision-making that's got us here. And getting rid of one strength and conditioning coach and Warren Kofit isn't going to fix that. So as Keith said, you can't flip that all on a dime. I know you want, even if you, I take it to the biggest extreme you can. If they walked Nizzy and Simo and whatever other senior guys you want to put, if they walked them out on Monday, you're still not getting a team on the park this weekend. As Keith said, I still don't know that anyone could do better or, or be expected to do, I would hope someone can do better, but I wouldn't be expecting anyone to do particularly well still with the tools available in terms of the 22 we're going to roll out on the weekend. But I mean, there has to be that response. And like I say, I don't know that there's or the all or nothing scorched earth or hold strong. There's, there's something in between. But I mean, Keys, if we go back to Kofit and the whole, you know, is he a scapegoat angle for it for me? He comes off as a scapegoat, even though I think it's a fair enough decision and it's uh, not a particularly nice decision in the end of the world. You know, it's a guy who's given a lot to the club, but it's the nature of the business. And if you're trying to be cutthroat and you're trying to be the best, you got to do stuff like this. Okay. But whilst he is the only one, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. And all we've got to work with is that this guy's lost his job and everybody else is holding true to the path and if there's more to tell you we'll tell you in due time but 
mean, yeah, when is there I, a better think, time? I know you can't change it till the off season, but when is there a better time than a two hundred odd point, you know, one hundred and seventy, hundred and eighty point defeat? Worst, worst defeat in club history. Just bring us in if you're going to say we need you, come with us. We we need you more than ever. Back us in, turn up, do your part. We're doing our part, boys. Like we're showing up. Yeah, I, I think there's a real the communication. Is, is a problem with the club and it's been um and that's that's been a long time and it's one of the one of the issues we've got now is a lot of the messaging that's coming out is mixed um and I think that's that's part of the problem I think you know they've there's time I mean Fitzpatrick was what two or three weeks ago and he said oh you know at the start of the year we thought we might have we could have made the eight mm-hmm. um you probably you probably I mean, at the start of the year, yeah, maybe we did think that, but you're probably best now just shutting up about that and keeping that under your hat because it doesn't help. It just um, there's there's an element of what we're saying at some points where you're just looking and say you guys are deluded um, in in their thinking. And there's, I mean, there's a, there's a perception, and we're not doing anything to um, uh, to rebut it. That mm. you know. We don't really, we haven't really realised where we're at as a club, and, and our decisions, you know, have been made, you know, where they where they're wrong. And the thing is, is I've been trying to do it. You, you, you go back through. There's a lot of decisions that we've made that right now look really, really bad. But if you track them back to where they originated from at the time they were made, weren't that bad. So I mean, we've got there's a lot of people, and, and I mean, it came out. The Herald Sun did a analysis. I think we had seven players in the top hundred of paid in the AFL. Now, you know that included Allen and Tom Barras, who were around the fifty mark in the top fifty. But then it had guys, it had McGovern and Yo and Gaff. Uh, Kelly Darling, was the other one. His his Darling salary was Kelly. And, his, it was and, sort of manipulated. That, yeah. And there's that view that's like, oh, you know, we've got we've got these really we've we've got a whole bunch of of guys uh, who are crippled and aren't playing and uh, or aren't playing as well as they should that we signed the long term contracts that we shouldn't have. Now, if you go back, most of those long term contracts were signed 2018, 2019 when the, when those players were 26, 27, 28, and were at the top of their game and they were playing, they were durable when we were signing those contracts. So Gaff is the prime example. Sorry, case just to jump in, like yeah. just to use because. You don't need any others once you use the gaff example. Obviously, the contract looks shocking now. His output's no good. I'm sure he'd be the first to admit that. He looks like a shell of himself. But what we signed at the time was a, an incredibly durable winger. He played since round one of his debut year. He'd barely missed any footy. The longest break all, he had was when he, was he all, punched a bloke. He was all Australian in that he was all Australian the year he was signed to this contract. He was all Australian in about 17 rounds because he clocked Brayshaw. You know, yeah. and then t- 2019. He was the best winger in footy with loads of interest. So you can see, as you're saying, it looks horrendous now. There is no defending it and, now. And it's a had, shocker. And had we, had we let him walk, we would have got pick 19 in compensation for him. Yeah, but see, it's at all the time. Straight, it's all the strength of best winger in the competition. We get pick 19. So, of course, of course we're going to try and Do keep it. him. Yeah. Okay. It, there's, there's another little thing with the gap contract that it always slips under the radar. The six-year contract was a two plus four. Mm. It was a two-year contract to 2020 with a four-year extension that Gaff's now... Like a player option sort you of say, thing. Why, why do that? And and I think the intention would have been that at the end of 2020, he would have gone to free agency because he wasn't contracted. He could have been picked up as a free agent and he would have like repaid us. We would have had a crack at him for... A, we had two years with him and decided to have a proper crack Another at the premiership. Crack. Okay. 
What happened in 2020? Hmm. COVID and the, the um, salary cap got slashed by that 20%. So there was no one going to There was no one going to take Gaff's contract no. in 2020, even if he was still playing all Australian form. No one was going to take that contract on in 2020. So we got stuck with something um, because things changed, and now we're stuck with Gaff for another four, you know, until until next year. So. But this this is a thing that I'm trying. To, you know, the Kelly the Kelly in hind trade in hindsight doesn't look so good. But at the time we were right in the championship window and we needed a like an outside mid to sort of it was good at ground ball gets and was mm. good for the ball and kicking goals. And he was when we when we signed him was like yeah he's he's someone's going to help us when could help us win a flag. Um, it didn't happen. And now it's sort he's of, upheld his end of the bargain. By the way, the Kelly that's the he, thing that shits me the most his, with the and, Kelly and chat. Yeah, look, in hindsight, it doesn't look great, but at the time at the time, there wasn't Makes there sense. wasn't a lot of people turning around going. I tell you what, there was at the end of 2018. There's a lot of people complaining because we didn't sign Kelly and we didn't drop it. Yeah, you know, we didn't sell everything we did to get him. Mm. Um, and 2019, those people were cheering that we got him, and now they're saying, "Well, shit, you." <laughs> You know, all the media commentators are like, you know, they shouldn't have done it. It's like, where were you guys in 2019 saying this was a mistake? They weren't. They were going, oh, great deal for West Coast. There's a lot of stuff that we've done and and we we didn't draft. There's some poor draft decisions through that back half of, mm. you know, from 15 to 20. Some of them haven't paid off. A lot of them were low picks. You know, you're, a lot of people talk... We didn't nail everyone, but we got Alan and Ryan in 2017. We got Rioli in 2016, and then not knowing his ability to um, mistake Gatorine yep. for, for Uron, um, Good. Uh, you know, and we weren't to know that you know. Yo and Shuey and McGovern in particular um, turned to paper mache. But I, that's that's where you go. And that's, that's, this is and where the communication comes on, in. And, uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot of stuff that, but there's there's things where, and I think the the problem is, is I think what Mop said, like with a cultural reset, mm. that's where I think a lot of where we're at could be um, solved by looking. Nisbet's been brought up. He he came through. He cut his teeth in the multi era where it was a really us against them mm. it was this it was that and it was like everything's got to be kept secret we're going to do this um and i think that 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 sort of mentality now doesn't cut it i mean if you look at if you look at okay the 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 poster trial for AFL now is Collingwood, and you look at the way they do things, and they say, you know, you know, they their social media is great, you know, they're good, they're this, and they're, everything's rosy. Um, they had to get rid of Maguire, uh, and to a lesser extent Buckley, um, for that to for all that to free up and yeah, and, okay, and change yeah. the way the club operates. Then, and, and I see it, it's no coincidence that the one person in the media that's backing Trevor Nisbet consistently is Eddie Maguire. Because those two guys, I think, have actually got a fairly good relationship. Um, so I think this has been great for the club, and I don't think you know up until up until a couple of years ago he, he's fine. Um, but I think the times for him to move. Um, I don't really want to wait till the end of next year for him to move on. Um, can I query on that? Sorry, very quickly, case. That's going to be the case. What they need to do is they need to bring in his replacement sooner rather than later, so mm. that he can put his training wheels on and come through. And then people can say, okay, well, this there's a plan in place. There's a a, um, a handover plan, and 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 things. You know, the club's aware of that. That action needs to be taken um, at the moment. It's really hard to to do that. And I'm, you know, I, I think the little 
a little sort of bush spot fire that blew up during this week regarding Jake Waterman. It's just a, mm. another example of things that the club didn't necessarily do a hell of a lot wrong, but the way it sort of came out and the way it's been managed creates a perception that maybe we did. Well, it's one of those when it rains at pause things as well. We'll talk about the Waterman situation a bit later on because that's a... Uh... Well, certainly a left field one, but Mop also a very serious one uh, away from footy, just for for Jake Waterman. And you go, oh, our injury list, and can it get any worse? But this is this is actual, this is real news. You know, fuck footy off. This is actually something that we need to have a little bit of a chat out later on. Just while we're talking about, you know, Nizzy's names come up a bit. Simo's names naturally, obviously, come up over the years and definitely throughout this year. I don't, I don't know any coach that's surviving this, but their plan clearly is. Maybe it's the contract. Maybe it's not. It's the contract. Back him in you know, just let him shovel shit for a while and give somebody a bit of a fresh start a few years on. Um, Mop, jumping off this comment, uh, comment here on Twitch from Bombard, from the great Bombard, uh, watching over from Big Footy as well. G'day, mate. The refusal to consider a review is deeply fucking problematic, is the comment there. Uh, this is what I mean about there is an in-between, between doing nothing and backing the plan in and raising the earth and salting it and getting rid of everybody as well. You don't need to get rid of Nisbet. You don't need to acknowledge the baying of blood for, for a move like that, hypothetically, or Simo, whoever, if you publicly come out and say, we are doing an external review. You know, this is as of Monday morning of the email. We are doing an external review. It's going to give recommendations. We're doing X. Do we even have confirmation that Nizzy's leaving at the end of 2024, Mop? Because I thought it was just a media report from the West. I thought that's all we had to go off. The club don't typically announce things like this. So, you know, give us a roadmap. What does the next three months look like? Or what, two months as we as we while away this shitty season on field? What does it look like? What are you doing now? How are you getting the early jump on the offseason? Generally, what's your plan for the offseason? And I know, okay, they're going to hit the draft, but what else? What does that look like? You know, are we, how are we, how are we tackling this? How, what, what denotes success? Success for the next two months because I mean for me Mop all I can see is just they're just wasting time they're just treading water and this takes us back to round what four five six we've been treading water six uh, since like for you what denotes a successful back end of the season is it scorching the earth or is it some hypothetical world where the Eagles go ah shit better bring the fans in on this one anything that's different from the way it is and that's such a low bar but I I think I know why you posed this question to me because I threw my toys out of the pram after Simpson's press conference and when asked, well, I think, think you it, weren't the you weren't the only one. Just to be clear, <laughs> yeah, but it was it was his response. It, I think it was a question by um our old mate Mitch uh, Woodcock from the West. Okay. Do the club need an external review? His answer was nope. <laughs> Not no, the club will rebound. Nope. That's nothing but arrogance. Now, and that could just be a line that he's told to pedal, just like he was told to pedal. Nick now is one week away when we are now into round 16 and he is nowhere to be found and probably will not be found. He's probably sleeping no, with the not. fishes. Oh, Jesus. In a footballing sense, he's unlikely to play another game again. So, to go back to your original question, acknowledgement that the club is fucked would be nice. Acknowledgement that they've somewhere along the way they've got it wrong. Mm. Uh, a little bit more transparency as to the processes and to the failings. Not just handballing Warren Coford out saying, look everyone, we're getting this ready, get rid of this guy, bye! You know, because the club is stuck in the Nisbet 99 era. It's such a close house. Any decision that's made, it's either made for optics or it's been made with weeks and weeks ago and you know they're releasing it just like a, a um a politician would when it suits them so the club needs to change the club needs to review the club needs to do everything opposite that it's done so you know if they decide to have breakfast at 7 a.m have it at 7 p.m i don't care it's something different. <laughs> that's gonna solve um, it all very nice it. sprinter 
um, you know, if, if, oh yeah, okay, we do heavy sessions on, on Monday and light sessions Wednesday, now fuck it, do, the other way, do it the other way around. Um, I like but, it. But just bring someone else in that's not, have anything to do with the club. I like Jason Dunstall's name. I like Neil Fong from the, formerly of the WAFC's name. Someone who can, who doesn't know the way it's done. So, I would love uh, Nisbet to fuck off, and I I would be perfectly happy for Craig Vozzo to come home, for example. But not now. Vozzo is still part of the Nisbet network. Ideally, for the for the good of everyone, it'd have to be someone that's never had anything to do with the club, because there's there's no status quo to maintain. There's no ingrained habit. There's no you know anything. It's a clean, clear break. The same way that if Simpson were to fall in this sword at the end of the season, I wouldn't want Dean Cox now. I would want someone external. Yeah. Don Tom Pike would be okay because he's, he's a long way removed from being a player in, in the late nineties, mid mid late nineties, for example. So you know he, he coached Adelaide. He's a senior at Sydney now. He's never been a professional kind of coach with us. But the club just needs to start again, Fresh rebuild voice. the trust. Yeah, and you know enough of this the scapegoating emails formerly from Nisbet and now from old our old mate Fitzpatrick. Well, they, they're not plus 18. No one reads them like, oh, yeah, the club gets it. Because they're not. It's platitude. I don't hmm. really know what they think they're achieving, to be honest. Let me, uh, while I while I bring up the email, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure I'll be able to find it within an appropriate period of time to make for some good radio. But, Keys, uh, we're going on about, well, what constitutes success? Because the reason I'm trying to find it is to find the exact wording, because they are talking about, hey, come along with us. Do, you know, do your part, stick with us. We're, we all share the blame, but we're all in this together and blah, blah, blah. I mean, as I said at the top, the, the fans aren't bailing on you. The fans are questioning things and challenging things and some are more patient than others and some have had patience up till now and maybe lost it on the weekend and all this sort of stuff but I mean look I'm saying here we go uh, it'll take time the long term strategy revolves around bringing in more high end young talent through the draft to lay solid foundations for the next era in closing we do hear you and we urge you to stick with us through this we need you more than ever uh, everyone at the club's prepared to roll up their sleeves and get it done blah 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 all that sort of stuff great so am I to take from that case that the plan is I don't know boys everybody just check out for a few months and we'll see you on draft night because we can't waste this time. What do we? What do the club want us to think is success? I mean, Keys, you can answer as well for yourself. What do you think is success? But what does the club want me to watch on the weekend? When I roll in and watch St Kilda beat us by another 100 points or whatever, God forbid when I watch us at the Gabba next week, what am I watching for? Is it just to see if Hewitt gets a touch and if we try Petch somewhere new? Or or like what? what is success for the next eight odd weeks into the draft? It's all well and good to bring in high-end talent. I'm all for it. Obviously, everyone's all for it. But I mean, I can't, I'm not just going to go to sleep until November and wake up on draft night and hope that we did the right thing. Like, what, what am I watching yeah, for? Yeah, I mean, they just want to, I think, you know, we've said earlier in the year, I think for the most part, and we've seen it, We've, I mean, we lost to Collingwood by 10 goals, but generally speaking, you could see what we're yeah. doing and the guys put in and, and you walked away from that game. Okay, we lost by 10 goals, but it was like, okay, well, that's, there was an effort there and, and things like that. I mean, the Sydney game, there was just nothing because... And, and in all honesty, I mean, I know we had a really, we put a really bad um, injury list. But when you look at this, we we spoke last week about the Sydney game, and the side wasn't on That's paper. Fine. The side wasn't terrible. You had Yo, we had Shuey, we had Kelly, we had Sheed, we had Gaff. Um, you had Brass, Jinbi, coming in down back. We had Allen up forward with Darling. With Darling, you know, Bailey Williams was in good form in the ruck. I mean, there was, you know, the 
you know, Hunt's been in good form. You know, the side wasn't, it wasn't a complete basket case of a side. There was, mm. um, and in the one area in the ground that we got absolutely um, fucking belted in was the midfield. And we actually yeah. had probably a, as, as good a midfield as we've had all season for that game. And we still got, we still got torched badly. So you, you've got, you know, there's things... Sorry, I just saw the. I'm, I was looking for clearances, and it's forty-seven, thirty-seven, so we're minus ten. Inside fifty, seventy-seven. Fucking good luck down there, boys. Who would yeah, be a backman, I, honestly? Um. So it, you know, there's things where you know, little, little simple things. So like tackles. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're laying a hundred tackles and you get beaten by one hundred and twenty points, you go okay. Well, you know, at least you're putting pressure. You know, putting yeah, the the pressure rate. There's things like even if you haven't got the talent, you can put you can put pressure on the opposition. You can run and you can and do and that wasn't there in the Sydney game. And I think that's um, I think you know you track back to that email from from Fitzpatrick. I think maybe you know you turn around and you're, you're probably stronger in your language in terms of how badly you you looked at that result. I mean we're not as a, as a general rule the club doesn't like um, uh, hanging their own out to dry. I mean Simpson as coach especially will hmm. always support his players publicly and that's publicly yes I think for a coach I think that's a good thing I think as a club president you're probably a little bit more removed and you can maybe be a little bit stronger um I mean, I don't like the guy particularly. I think he's a cockhead. But David Koch um, will come out and say, you know, there was times when Paul Adelaide performed poorly where he's he's come out really strongly um, and um, and put the acid on the coach too. To be to be honest, I mean, there's mm. times where um, there's a reason why Ken Hinckley's job is perceived as not being safe, and that's partly because um, David Koch has has not been all that. Um, vocal in terms of backing him when he's not doing well. Um, he's deliberately put him under pressure and the playing group. So there's there's things like that where you can turn it. The, the players need, the, the players as much as anything need to take ownership of what they're doing. Um, I know we've got, a, we've got some young guys, but we've got senior guys out there and it's up to the senior guys to, to set the standard for the young guys to follow. And that's, you're not on field at the very least, you're not seeing that. Mm. Um, I mean, some of Sheed's efforts on the, on the weekend were appalling. Um, you know, half a few clips. There's a few clips doing the round on Fox as well. I mean, he's not alone, but he was the one that was probably most noticeable where it was, you know, he looked like a, um, like a train station turnstile, the the effort he put into stopping some people. Um, So that's, that's where, I mean, you, you can't escape that as a club at the moment. We're, we're broken mm. now. Like I, I sort of alluded before, I can sort of say there's a perfect storm of shit, and some of it's controllable, some of it's not. That's led us to this point, and I don't know. I, I don't know that the the club sort of putting himself on in the in the stocks for a public stoning or fled. You know, is necessary, but. Sell us a vision. Sell us something. Yeah, Tell me it something. Needs be, it needs to be a thing where it's right. This is the, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. We've got. We believe we've got some play, We've got players on our list who we think going forward are going to be good five to ten years, five, ten, twelve year players for the club. Hmm. Um, but we need to. You know, we need to rejuvenate the list. There's going to be changes to the list. I mean, they're sort of saying that, and I think that there's a little bit of awkwardness there because you've got players that are running out on the weekend that you want to perform, the reality is is they're not going to be there beyond October. Mm. So, you know, without you know, without sort of naming the guys, I mean most people know who they are. Um, there's a bunch of guys that aren't going to be there next year. So I don't I don't know naming those guys at the moment is going to help. Um 
But, but it's, 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 it's sell us a vision. When a club is shit, they still put the young yeah. guys on the membership card, you know? They still yeah. – it's a very I, outdated I example. But sell me I, something. I, I, I just want to buy what you're selling. Yeah. I, I think that there's, there's things where you can do things like you can perhaps – like someone like, okay, Shannon Hearn, for example. You can turn around and say, you know, part of it is get Shannon Hearn to come out and say, look, I'm retiring. This will be my last year. I've enjoyed it. But there's time. It's time for me to move on. Um, uh, so I'm announcing my time. I'll play on to the end of the year. So you drag someone like him because he's the obvious. At, at the end of the year, I mean, he's not playing in 2024. I mean, he's. Mm. Um, it's just not. And 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 any any comments around the fact that he might still be playing? If the club thinks that we could be having Hearn play in 2024, then we are fucked. Uh- I said we'd touch on the Jake Waterman stuff. Honestly, I think we should just skip it and just crack on with the footy. But um, obviously, I mean, look, the main takeaway is everyone just hopes Jake Waterman's all right. Mop, uh, any final thoughts on the old where to from here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, an update that's coming from the West at 8.30. So while we've been on, from our good friend Mitchell Woodcock. Yeah, yeah. West Coast Eagles have no clear plan to appoint successor to Trevor Nisbet, despite being out of contract in 2024. Um, that tells you kind of all you need, not all you need to know, because it, in itself the statement is not that damning. But it also means that they're, they're only reacting. Trevor Nisbet is only maybe possibly going at the end of next season because we're shit, not because they've worked out he was expired before now. So, But you can understand, like... I- Without wanting to restoke the fire and start it all up, I understand why they would just keep backing in their system because it has worked to a very large degree. And people who dispute that can get fucked going, oh, we've only won four flags or we've never actually got, you know, didn't go back to back and blah, blah. Get fucked. The Eagles, for the first 30 plus years, have been a fucking powerhouse. Everything that they've done in the scheme of things has made them more successful, more money, better on field, better off field, whatever. So I understand why you'd back your system in, but they have to recognize that this is not normal. This is. Outside of when the world wars are on, this is the worst club in AFL, worst season in AFL history. You know, this is expansion GWS. This is the final death rattles of fucking Fitzroy era. Uh, whatever the plan university. was, yeah, the the mighty the mighty black and uh, black and blue university. They're gone in what nineteen fourteen or something was the last time they graced us. So. Whatever the plan was and backing in your systems, and I get why you've backed in your systems, and I doubt you will find, apart from the people who sing the song on the on the team charter home back from Tassie, I doubt you will find somebody who's more patient and more like, no, no, they usually know what's best. Let's back them in here than me. Like, back them in. I back them in all the uh, same the way. Old, the old duck that gave every player a hug at training. I, oh, I, good I, on. Um, yeah, I I'd, um, I'd back her in to be more positive than you, but good. aside from her, maybe not anyone else. But just, like I said, I was screaming it into the mic earlier. Apologies to those with the headphones. Just sell me something. I, I will buy it. Just sell me anything. We are, I, I, we've talked mop earlier in the year. The biggest issue that the fans have is that we want to be involved in this. We want to be part of this. We want to just believe you and buy what you're selling and come along for the ride. So just fucking sell me something. Anyway, mop. before we move on from this, just a quick wrap up from you. What constitutes success over the next you know what six weeks eight weeks ten weeks prior to us hitting the draft and and bringing in hopefully some new high-end young talent respectable losses what does that look like because they said we want a response against st kilda but what does that look like obviously no one's expecting a win five goals five goals 30 points yeah again that in theory you could come back from i'm not saying we would but oh what game was it was it uh, i know the geelong game essendon we were down about essendon i think maybe we were at three-quarter time like oh yeah there's a game collingwood was similar 
from yeah, there you go. Collingwood was a good example that KB lost to arguably the not arguably the form team in the comp. We didn't get blown away. We stayed competitive and without a couple of injuries on the right day in the right conditions, perhaps we could have pushed them. That you don't even have to fucking win the game. There's no pressure to win it. Just compete. Mm. I think I think one of the one of the really odd things um, is when you look at the results. The sides at better games have been yeah. Geelong, Geelong, Port, Collingwood, Melbourne. Uh, they they've not been. I mean, we lost them, but they're not been too bad. The shit ones have been Hawthorne, Carlton, Sydney, yep. and Adelaide. Now. Seventy Adelaide, against the Suns. Adelaide only saw they're in the eight, and they're eighth. And mm. I think when we play them, they might have been outside the eight. You know, yeah. Collingwood, uh, Hawthorne the sixteenth, Carlton the fifteenth, and Sydney are what fourteenth or thirteenth. They might have been. They might be tough now, courtesy of the mm-hmm. percent, the fifteen percent boost in percentage that they got. So. The sides that we've the, the really bad losses have been against um, sides that haven't actually been playing that well. The better the better games have been um, uh, the, the sides at the sort of pointier end of that ladder, and that's it's those games that you you want to look at. You, you go to those games and say, um, I mean, even I mean, we touched on Essendon in the eighth, and we played reasonably well against them. Um, they're the sort. It's those games that you can turn around and say, oh, we had a crack. We were outgunned on the on the not on the game on the day, mm. but we had it, and I think that's that's what you've got to do. You've you've, you've got to turn around and go well. Um, you, you know, the things the things that control it's like it starts at the contest and Simpsons went strong. He said that's 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 where it starts. It's contested ball. And then it's things like um, I don't even know how the, the stat comes out, but the pre, the, the pressure rating that the that gets rolled out uh, on Fox Footy, you know, yeah. I, I, I I really don't know how they do it. And I I used to think they just made it up. Much, there is a it metric. Wouldn't, it wouldn't take much to convince me that's a totally completely made up. Nah, number. there is a metric to do with like distance it, it, to the ball so carrier when they get rid of it, but it's it's nothing. But it's, that is that that is a metric that's not based on talent. Mm. That's that's mm. a that's a that's an effort based stat, and that. That's the one that you turn around and you look at and you say, okay, if our pressure rating is up over 200, then you know the guys are having a dip. And I, look, if our pressure rating is up over 200 and we lose by 100 points, you go, at least the guys are trying and we just, the talent's not there to beat the side we're up against. But at least we fucking tried. Mm. The, pro, the the game against, I, I saw another, the pressure rating through the week for, against Sydney was like way down, the, it was like the bottom 10 for the year or something silly like that. Um, so I think that's success. It's not wins and losses. Success is success is the guys having the guys having a go and having and at least looking like they have pride in their performance. Because at the moment, the Sydney game, it's very hard to make a case that the guys um, put any pride in in the way they performed on the on the weekend. They have to get better than that. And that if there's no response against St Kilda, then I really then how do you cannot have a, I mean I, I sort of talked against scorched earth but if if we play against St Kilda like we did against Sydney then you you've, you're going to have a hard time convince anyone that anyone within the club actually gives a fuck well we went 10 goals uh, against the uh, Magpies and then we went 20 goals against the Crows and then we had a bye week to think about everything and we went 30 goals against the Swans so I bloody hope there's a response I don't know what a response looks like but I seriously hope there uh, there is something I think that was Let's... that was the, sorry oh, yeah. well, I can't remember I can't remember who I who said it, but there was someone in the media, and they turned the, the scary thing against from the Sydney game was mm. or coming out of it saying, Well, there needs to be a response. The Sydney game was a response to, to the, the Crows game. game, yeah. And, and we'd had a week to think about it. That's what scares you, yeah. Oh, well, here we go. 
round 16 we're against st kilda uh we're not going to talk jake waterman as i said but uh everybody obviously best of luck to him and that's actually a very serious you know bigger than footy sort of situation so hopefully we get an update on on him soon obviously not playing uh we play the saints it's liam duggan's 150th mop we've got some ins and some outs it's a sunday game so this isn't final but uh barnett has been named. Cripps, you'd assume, is back. Uh, Dewar has been named as well. Shannon Hearn and Xavier O'Neill. The confirmed outs are SPS and Yo. They are both injured. Jack Williams not named as an out, so he got subbed off, but potentially playing. Maybe he swaps for Barnett. Maybe we wait and see what happens. Anyway, let's talk about Liam Duggan before we get into the footy. 150 games, life membership and all that good stuff. Premiership player. Uh, A bit of an interesting career in terms of when he rocked up. We were sort of thinking, oh, we might be onto a winner here with this one. Maybe a bit of a, a mid or he kicked a couple of goals, I think, against North. And it was, okay, who's this guy? He's crashing into people and hitting Jeremy Cameron and chasing down players against Port. I forget who he hit against Port, but maybe Monfries or somebody. He was laying people out as a kid is the point. Looks Has looked great at times. Obviously, has maybe looked less than stellar at other times. But, uh, Mop, what have you made of, of Duggo's 150 thus far? And, and how do you see him sort of tracking on over the next couple of seasons? What's his role in all of this as we try and rebuild and sort of reshape the, uh, the future of the club? Meh and meh. Um, yeah, wow. Player, <laughs> yeah, I don't really have any great love for Liam Duggan, unfortunately. Really? He's a good player. Yeah, I really don't. I, I don't feel any... Like, if you come and come up to me and go, Mop, who, who do you love from the Eagles? And I'll go, Keith, Brad Shepard was a fucking good player, wasn't he? Mm. Like, mm. like, he was a hard as nails, would play tall, would play small, would just compete. And he was a player, I was like, oh, maybe we overpaid for him at what, pick five, but pick five or pick seven? Back in 07. Seven. Yeah, pick, pick seven. Take pairs went five. Um, I thought, Can okay, I take maybe... pairs if you're listening? <laughs> Um, you know, maybe he went a bit higher here, but he, he is my benchmark. No, no. Um, he's my benchmark for what I think a, a great player is a great leader, a great, one of those underrated players. Liam Duggan could have been in that category of proper hard as nails, but I just feel that it goes missing too often. Like how many times can you say, gee, Duggan had a great game. Mm-hmm. I reckon he's so, got some moments in him where he lays blokes out and you think, oh shit, for a guy who's undersized in the scheme of things, you know, he fucking not afraid to lower the boom on people. I think 2019, he was great. Um, sort of coming off that flag and then Liam Duggan's 2019, I thought, oh, we're onto something here. Like this is going to kick on. But I guess maybe to your point, I don't really know. He's not, he's a rebounding halfback flank, but he's not an elite one by any stretch. And he's certainly not a lockdown defender. I'd go, I think I'd go a little above where you're at with that one, Mop. But yeah, I, I sort of understand where you're coming from because when we drafted him, you didn't know Keith if you're getting a mid or a, the classic thing of like, oh, we, we can't draft mids. We can only draft halfback flankers, which every club seems to think, you know, is, is going on in their draft room. But what have you made of his 150 to eight keys? And, and you know, in line with what Mop said, I think there was a time where people maybe once even thought he'd be the next captain. So given how his career's panned out over the journey, what, what do you think his role is as we try and pick up the pieces going forward? God, I hope not. God, I hope he's not our next captain. Oh, he won't be anymore. But you got to, you know, first couple of seasons, people were thinking like, we're, you know, we might be on here. I, I think he's, he's sort of the... The perception that we draft halfback flankers with midfield potential, I think he's the, the cookie cutter mold for that. I think he was in his draft year, he was a halfback flanker, and there was talk of, yeah, maybe he might be able to step up into the midfield. Um, I, I remember watching him back, he was drafted in 2014, from memory, 2014. Mm. Yep. Um, 
he came in. I actually was watching. It was back when we had the alignment with East Perth. I actually went to a lot of East Perth games back in 2015, and there was a there was a game. I can't remember who the can't remember who East Perth was playing, but there was a special play where Duggan ran through, um, got the ball at half back, ran through the centre, took four or five bounces, and either kicked a goal or put it on someone's tit to kick a goal. And it was a it was it was like fuck this guy. There's some real ability there. Um, mm. Around about the same time, he. Heard Hurt his knee, um, and I think unfortunately for him, I, he he's been that knee's been problematic for him his entire career, and I think it stopped us probably seeing the absolute best. I mean, he's got a he's got a grumpy knee, and if you look back. I just I just pulled it up um, throughout his career, starting from 2015, 12, 14, 20, 24, 15, 17, 14, 20, 13. That's mm. his game tallies each year. So he's, you know, there's only a couple of years in there where he's played the whole season or somewhere near it. So yeah. um, he's never really got brilliant consistency. There's times where we've tried to rotate him in the midfield and it hasn't quite worked. There's a couple of times where it is. Um, uh, yeah, he, he hasn't become he hasn't become the star that we probably hoped, and I think that's where I, you know I can understand where Mop's coming from in that. Where it's he's never elevated his game his game to um uh to to really really good. Um, the flip side to that is I don't think he's had too many real shockers, and I th- so I think there's. I think for the most part, when he plays, you know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get a reasonable effort. Um, unfortunately, disposal his disposal is a bit iffy, so it's not a, he's not a great user of the footy. Um, I like him because he he does you know his physicality is pretty good, and we've got a we're a side that you know we lack. Um, yeah. We lack that sort of physicality, so I, I like that part of his game. Um, he doesn't get a huge amount of the footy. You know, he's not a you know he's a sort of fifteen to twenty disposal guy, not a twenty-five to thirty disposal guy. So he's reliable. Um, he defends pretty well, um, but he's not a match winner, uh, and he's been a he's been a good servant for a guy who was I think he was pick fourteen in the draft. He he, uh, he was pick eleven. Pick eleven. Yeah. Okay. Um, is probably just above the baseline of what you want from a guy at that pick. Um, ideally, you, I mean, if you got if you got that from every pick eleven, you'd probably be okay with it. But you you know you'd probably want to snag something a little bit better. But there's a lot of pick elevens that have probably been worse careers than what than what uh, Duggan's had. So. Uh, he, 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 he's solid. He's a good citizen. Um, Best clubman. A couple of years he's ago, a good I think. Club. He's, he's good around the club. I can understand why there was a view that he might be captain. That that maybe there was a captain. There's a there's a captain there, and I think. Um, I mean, next year he'll be. He'll probably be vice captain, and I think. I mean, going off tangent, Oscar Allen will be the captain next year. Um, and what's well, Tommy Barras? Barras, Barras, and Duggan will be vice captains. Um, Here we go. Meek's coming through. Our pick 11s: Glass, Waters, Hearn, Sheed, Duggan. It's uh, it's a pretty good list to be honest. And you look at that and you go. Is, is Duggan the worst of those? You know, it depends where you, how you rate everybody's career over the journey, but probably, right? It's a pretty fucking good group if that's if he's your worst pick 11. I mean, you could say this about any draft, but here's just a look of who we missed out above him from that draft. Uh, Jake Lever went pick 14, man. Isaac Heaney went 18. That um, wasn't legit, though. That was... Uh, yeah. That was a... a that, ca- that was a... bullshit. That was yeah. an AFL cock-sucking Sydney draft pick. Oh, good. There you go. As was, as was Jack Steele at 24. Uh, Toby McLean went 28. 
28. Uh, Took Muller went 29. That's a good one. Uh, but but then you got to keep in mind at pick uh, 32, we also took Tom Lamb, and we all thought for sure he was going to be a gun. We thought. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I, I certainly did. I the doggies. What a, a game. Anyway, anyway, there you go. Well, uh, um, sorry, the, Tom the only Lane. other one I want to mention is um, yeah. Alex Neil Bullen went 40. I mean, you you haven't lost a lot. I'll say that. I mean, obviously, Miller's a superstar, but if, if you're going through and, and Alex Neil Bullen's getting a jersey, I don't know that it, you've lost a hell of a lot out of out of the Duggan pick. But yeah, it's I, I see where you're all coming from in terms of, as Keith said, I don't know. He's never actually cracked on and pushed. There was the Liam Duggan already our best player thread. We, could, we could have career. taken... We, we could have taken Corey Ellis or Jared Garlett or Sam Durden um, or Blaine Blokehurst. Oh, Blaine Bo- Blokehurst. What a ripper. That's a that's a throwback. Happy with um, that. Anyway, Mop, yeah. back on field. <laughs> Let's go to the St Kilda game. You said you wanted a response. Oh, you said you want it within five goals. I don't think that's likely. Uh, no. I mean, nah, nah, it's not, is it? But uh, what are we watching for? Obviously, we're watching for a response. We're watching for less than five goals, hopefully, and all that. <laughs> Let's put our big boy pants on and say that the Saints are going to run us out of our own building. Uh, who do we like? Who do we watch for? Why Why should we turn up? You shouldn't. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Come on, man. What Honestly, else are you going to do on a Sunday, are they? The, the, the giant up yours, the biggest up yours you can give to the club is not go and do Keith's suggestion for those that do go, turn their back at the 14th minute or the... That wasn't was it, the yeah. minute. Was that yours, was it? Nah, it wasn't Keith. No, no, mine. No, it, was, it, was, it was Sanchez, wasn't it? Oh, mate, Sanchez. The best one I saw, by the way, and I, I think this is a genuinely hilarious idea, is the ironic uh, Mexican wave. Because the Swans kicked a goal on the weekend as the wave whipped around the goal square, and it looked beautiful if it didn't break my heart so much. The concept of the Eagles fans starting a wave as we're down 10, 12, 13, 14, 20, 30 goals is pretty funny to me. Um, I, I, but to go back to what you said an hour ago... Um, badge yeah. the, the, the fact that Juar is you know a couple of niggles away from getting a game is pathetic Harry Barnett's getting pants in the waffle which is fine he's an 18 year old Ruckman mm. but the fact that he's either better than 50% chance to play because I suspect Jack Williams will have a fitness test and there's no guarantee he'll pass it mm. I mean both of those facts are pretty ominous like the other six um, emergencies any one of those can play who we got we got Exxon Marich uh, Jinby, who you imagine would start. Jack Williams, so obviously one of him him and Barnett will play. But, oh, I mean, Juai, he's getting pants in the waffle, man. Like, <laughs> that is the, the sheer state of it. But you can't polish a turd. You can only only put out who you have. So, um, yeah, here we go. Um, four, so, four of Jinby, Edwards, Petrocelli, Exxon, Barnett, Williams, Marich, and Juai. So let's just say Jinby pulls up sore. They're not going to risk him. All right. In you go, Juai. Go, go. Lay some tackles, son. You weigh fifty kilos wet, you know. Like but anyway, what if you are, um, you know, a masochist and into pain? Why should you go? Um, Shannon Hearn's playing. <laughs> Good stuff. Can I, Shannon? Go, go club. Yeah, or I quite like my suggestion that didn't take off that get a hundred of the most angry fans and go lay cable and write Nizzy out in turn. That's well, there you go. That's uh, that's certainly one suggestion, sure. Uh, keys, the Saints have had a habit this year of just denying the ball to the opposition, and I just look, I was actually surprised. They, they have the most disposals in footy, which is uh, not really what I was expecting, but they certainly, and this is in line with what they do, deny the shit out of the opposition. So uh, I don't know that we're going to have too many chances to have the footy, but you said you wanted tackles and you wanted pressure. Well, we're not going to have it, and the Saints are going to have it. So somebody's got to be chasing around, and we might even lay a few tackles this weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll read those names out. 
Hearn, whether than Duggan, Kelly, Hunt, Cripps, although he gets sort of a pass. Mm. Darling, Gaff, Allen, Sheed, Shuey. They're the senior players. They need to be setting an example for the young guys to follow. Mm. They're, the, they're the guys who, if we're serious as a club and if we're turning around and we've been saying we need to, to have kept these sort of older guys on the list to show the new guys how to come and be competitive and, and things like that, they're the guys that have to stand up. I don't give a, I don't give a fuck about the young guys. They learn the, the, the other the names I haven't read out are guys who are in their first, second, or third year. Mm. They can't be expected to be the ones doing the heavy lifting in a competitive effort. They're the ones that are there that are that are going right. That's what. That, that, these guys have been in the AFL system for 7, 8, 9, 10, 25 years in the case of Shannon Hearn. Um, they're the guys, they're still, they're the ones that are putting in, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what they're doing. Mm. And that's that's what, if those guys care about the club and they want us to get some respectability back, they're the guys that are going to have to do it. They're the guys, that's what I'm, I'm looking for those guys because they're the ones that, for the most part, I mean, there's a couple like Hunt and Witherden are not necessarily because they're relatively new to the club. But most of those guys, they're the guys that Simpson has backed in, mm. possibly to a fault. And he, he's turned around and he's brought them back. They're the guys that have to stand up and show something on the weekend because if they don't, if they don't give a fuck, why should anybody else? Very nice. Very nicely done. Well, let's do some tips then, guys. Uh I think what who was closest last week? Because I think Mop, you and I were somewhere in the eighties, and we were still about a hundred points off. So that's exciting. Here's the thing. What? Here's the thing. I, I, I sat here the, and, the, I looked, and I was like, mm. "Go for it, Mop." Yeah, I was just going. I sat here. I'm like, "Oh yeah, we could challenge 189 points, which is to date the the record from like 1912." But then I remembered we had some of our better midfielders in. I'm like, "Oh." Surely with that level of experience in, surely we can get some respectability. Yeah, we'll get pants, but no, you can safely take the one off the back of that. Wrong. 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 <laughs> so what are you doing this week then? Hit me. Hit me. What do you like? The Saints are going to win. How much by? 110? Slightly less than 20 goals. Ah, oh, good. Progress. Not, yeah, just not 10 goals like off a, the margin. Yeah, but it'll be like, they're not a super high scoring team. Um, I'm saying it'll be like 100, 140 to, to 30. You know? 111 to 1. Uh, and who are you looking for? I think, because normally we sit here and we go, oh, I want to see how Hewitt gets on. I want to see how Jinby gets on. Keyes has made a very compelling point. You know, it, we need a response and emails are going out to that effect very vaguely. Go on then. Who, who do you like? Who, who are you uh, watching? for this week? Who you got the binoculars trained on? Uh, Luke Shuey to try and lift the team because for his faults and I, I got annoyed about the fact he said he wants to play on mm. but he's going to give himself another injury by trying to will it himself which I get where he's coming from he, he, he wants to help the club through a bad time nah he cracks on with all, that stuff as well but you know when we're all hyper focused about people outstaying their welcome it's like uh, but I guess the other point is the list isn't any worse for having Luke Shuey on it he does at least get on the park even if he plays 11 games he's probably better than a pick 68 or whatever um, what am I looking for um, play our back line because they're probably going to be busy again. <laughs> Poor guys. Um, I'm, I'm not, I, I, honestly, I think I may have put the kiss of death on Bailey Williams because he got absolutely pantsed in a game I thought he might be one of the few decent matchups on. So well, he's one for... I'm excited by. He and, he and Marshall is actually kind of mm. that's fun. I think they had a pretty good scrap yeah. last year as well from memory. So yeah, that I'm looking. I'm looking at that. Um, I'm looking at. Uh, Marich to see what he can do with like pretty much no supply because mm. even if he he's a, I mean you shouldn't play Marich as a sub but you know you never know um, and I'll look to see if Hewitt can just back it in with another game under his belt very nice very nice I'm uh... saying if the boys can uh, shake it off okay there we go 
Very good. That's a topical uh, topical little reference there, Mop. Nicely done. Right, I reckon the Saints are going to win by quite a lot. Yeah, fuck. They'll win by 100. How, you couldn't tip them to not win by 100 at, at this sort of rate. Uh, Keys, I liked your, I liked your little uh, an- analysis there and your assessment of which senior guys it needs to be to step up. So who do I want in particular? Mop's right, because should we just... He will fucking crawl through glass for this. And I know his body lets him down and all this sort of business, but you can never deny that when he's out there, he's trying to do absolutely everything and doing all the running and running himself too hard. So I won't say Shuey. He sort of almost gets a pass. Uh... I'm interested to see what Cripps comes back like, what sort of form he's in. But, I mean, fuck it. Let's say Dommy Shade for me, Kays, because obviously you, you said he got a bit of a bake in the media this week and rightfully pointed out a few little efforts of his on the weekend. So, Dommy Shade, he was really good in our last home game. So, Dom Shade, why not? Who, who are you looking for? Okay, I was going to say Dom Shade because... Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no that's all right. I, I think you'd, you'd struggle to find uh, a player who's um, dined out on that 2018 grand final more than what Dom Shade has. Sure. Uh, um, Scully a close second, by the way. Yeah, believe, yeah. so I think <laughs> Sheet Ozes, I mean, he had a, I can't remember which game it was. There's a game where he came back and he had like 30, 40 disposals and stuff like that. Probably where he had 40 and a goal and or like, maybe two goals. Like, yeah, that's right, because he had, you know, he had a sheet from the boundary moment. And I, I think like, it was his 150. It's like, yeah, that's what you want to see from Sheet. So, um, a second, 43 like, and a goal, a career high 43. Yeah, so I, I second, you know, what I what I I would like if if she laid if she had fifteen disposals but laid twelve tackles mm. I'd take that because it'd probably Derek it'd probably double his fucking season total. Um, he has had one so tackle in the last uh, two weeks. If you go back to that Pies game, he's had two tackles across a three week period as so, inside mid. So I'm really I'm I'm really interested to see how he responds. Um, and I really want uh the key. For to St Kilda kicking a big score is um, is Max King. I think Max is the one that plays for St Kilda. He is. I think. Very good. <laughs> okay. I get those two fuckers mixed up. I remember which one's Max and which one's Ben. We should draft their, their third brother, Wayne. And, 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 nice. I, and I'm sorry, but the King parents, they should have called Max Bill, surely. Um, for for people that are really old like me, Bill and Ben. The oh, the flowerpot man. man. There you go. I thought I was, I was doing I was like, Bill King, what the fuck is... I was doing the maths on that, but go on. <laughs> Bill and Ben. All right, good luck to you. Yeah, so I, I'd really like... Um, and, and Tommy Brass has had... He's had a pretty mixed pretty mixed year um so i'd like to see him uh i think if i if i have a throwback to the st Kilda game last year i think um brass had a pretty good game on max on on king last year mm. i think if i'm looking for what i want to see i did i went to that st Kilda game last year and we actually had a, we actually had a pretty good pretty good game i think st Kilda won by maybe four or five goals in the finish but we were right in that um deep into the game um i'm not picking a margin because the margin I tipped last week was fucked by quarter time, mm. um, yep. and and I think uh, Meltman, shout out to you, you fucking campaigner. Good, um, great joy in pointing out that I said last week that we generally don't lose by much at the SCG against Sydney. No. So fuck you for that. I, I really enjoyed that being pointed out to me and thrown back in my face. Um, <laughs> so, but he was right. I was wrong. Um, so uh, yeah, look, if we can, if if we can keep it, if we can have under forty, I'll be ecstatic. But I don't Happy expect days. that to be the case. 
Happy days. All right, well, we will leave it there. Uh, Keys, Mop, thank you very much. Gents, everybody in the comments as well. Nice to see uh, a few new faces, some familiar ones as well, but definitely some new faces. So good uh, good of you to join us on this of all episodes when the club is absolutely at its lowest ebb. We, we'll, also, uh... we also got a wicket just recently. Oh, yeah, we did. It was a really good stumping. A really good stumping. God. Holy, wowee, boys, a wicket. A few more of those and somebody might actually win this thing. Amazing. What a fucking sport. But just just right. one real question to ponder just before we go. So yeah. just look at the picture. Watch the ahead. Sydney game in full or a minute of the ashes. Yeah, again, good Sydney call. Yeah, well done. Do you reckon a club like Carlton's pissed off we don't play them till the back end of the season? Most teams have gone and flogged us and kind of improved their season. They, mm. you know, they're they're one of the most big, most disappointing sides in the league. Do you reckon? Oh crap, we've only got three rounds to make up after you know urinating over the dead corpse of West Coast. Nah, they get to take all that momentum into their off season because they're not making finals. <laughs> Fuck, it would be Man funny Monday. if we ruined it. If we ruined Carlton or Essendon's little little run. Here. Anyway, let's leave it I'll there. We've it. gone on long I'll enough. Uh, we'll we'll chat next week. We'll see what the fuck happens. I don't know. Everybody, just fucking grab on for dear life, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. <sighs>